If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cashback. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. You better not have no plans tonight. Movie time and it's feeling right. You're looking for a love that lasts. You'll find it at romance. Podcast. Ooh, ooh, baby, had me a hello. Ooh, I love you. I know. Ooh, ooh, baby, you're the wind beneath my wings. Ooh, ah, I'll have what she's having. Thank you for tuning into Romance in the Pod. You had us at hello. I'm Paige Wesley. I'm Mikey Randolph. And I'm Todd Schlosser. And this week, I made you guys watch Can't, Can't Buy, Buy Me, me Love. love. Okay, I would like to open up the discussion Okay, by saying that Paige said that this is one of the most problematic movies we would ever do because I think she mixed up this movie another movie. So I came in here with rock bottom expectations <laughs> and Paige said that there was a scene where Pax accidentally like throws ones at the girl and calls her a whore. And I was like, no, 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 no. Like throws the concept of paying her back in her face. Oh, I totally thought he threw money. He was going to throw money at no. her face and call her a whore. I was like, wow, that is super problematic. No. I mean, her college boyfriend basically does that to her moments after Patrick Dempsey does. But you know, whatever. I watched it and like, is it great? Maybe. Is it good? I don't know. These are some really definitive takes you've got here, Mikey. <laughs> I, I would say it's one of the least problematic teen romantic comedies we've done, except for CC's All That. No, I will argue with you on that. I think there are some some serious problems in this. How many better ones have we done? Not many. That, I will no. give you that. I, I will say that this is equally as problematic as almost everything we've ever done. I was honestly blown away by how like how bad it wasn't. Just because That's in my was, mind, it was, it was way worse worse than this and i honestly have not seen this since i watched it on like a combo tv vcr yeah. player yeah with something that we recorded off the tv so this is the first time i've ever heard patrick dempsey cuss in this movie yeah. like it was wild anyway so like i thought it was way worse than it was here's here's what i'll say and here's what i think made it slightly better a i am about 90 percent sure that i somehow had remembered Scenes from this movie and scenes from Valley Girl as the same movie. Okay, and Valley Girl is fucking dark. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, because I went and read the dark movie. Yeah, I went and read the synopsis from Valley Girl, and I was like, oh, I think I'm remembering parts of this. But then I had very distinct memories of like Patrick Dempsey being a dick to her, but it doesn't happen until like an hour plus into the movie. 
So I spent like 40 minutes of this movie being like, did I remember a completely different movie? And that's when I was texting you. I was like, am I crazy? Like, what happened? <laughs> like, what is happening to me? I'm sitting there texting Paige like, okay, when's it going to turn? Because I'm like ready for like problematic to come out with Paige giving me this thing. Yeah. So what I will say is what I enjoyed was probably the first third where they do the actual yes. bet. Or not bet, but like the where he's like, I want to pay you a thousand dollars to make me popular by pretending to date me. Yeah. And when they hang out a lot, right? He's very nice to her, and she's very nice to him actually too. When they when they do the bet and like get to know each other pretty well, and like he doesn't try to force anything weird, and she tries to give him tips to be cool, and then after their br- quote unquote breakup, he just turns into this douchebag, a monster, which I think is a. A good plot point of like, you got what you wanted and now you're like a terrible person and lost everything you were. But like, it went on too long. It's longer of him being an asshole than him being nice in this yeah, movie. Yeah, and, and I hate when movies do that. Oh. I think he should have had like 15, 20 minutes of being an asshole and then like them growing a relationship out of that instead of just like the very end. You know what I mean? And here's why I was talking to you earlier about this compared to Easy A. I still really don't like him offering her a thousand bucks to rent her. Just the mechanics of it and how he proposes it still really doesn't sit great with me. The terminology of that is gross. I mean... It's really fucking gross. And and, and I'll go through in fun facts that they toned it down for the end product that we got. But the terminology around him paying her to make him popular really grosses me out. And I feel like Easy A does the same thing, but solves that problem in that in Easy A, it is her choosing specifically like I have capital socially and I can make money off of this. So she has a lot more agency in that choice. Well, because she's the one deciding, right? Because she's the one deciding. Yeah, absolutely. And that sits so much better with me than this, where she is in a moment of crisis and sees this as her only way out. I mean, he legit from across the mall, like a predator through a telescope, <laughs> yeah. is like, oh, this is a woman who is in dire straits and needs help. I wonder if I can use my money to manipulate the situation to my advantage. Yes. So yeah, Paige, I agree with you. <laughs> I'm like 99% sure her mom would have been like mad for a little bit, but would have yeah. let it go. And so like, I don't think the crisis was good enough to warrant that, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yes, or or would have, you know, bought a new one and had her work it off or any number of things. Her mom was pretty supportive, generally, except for her boyfriend. Yeah, I feel like her mom was the basis for Amy Poehler and Mean Girls. I might be wrong, (laughs) but I definitely got that vibe. I think for me, all it would take for me to feel slightly better about this is for her to have seen him buying the telescope, like opposite, and for her to be like, you have a thousand dollars. I need out of a jam. What if I do this for you for $1,000? Like the plan is her idea. Yes. Then I feel better about it. But it's 1987, so I was just really happy there was not a ton of racism. I mean, there is a ton of racism (laughs) because they appropriate an African dance in the middle of this film. That is true. And that's actually good for an 80s movie. I, I mean, they are the, super the bar racist. is low. Um, yeah. I mean, I remember John Hughes films and the way they treat those of <laughs> Asian descent. Yeah. It's not great. I mean, like, have you watched some of the D- John Hughes movies lately? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, my God. Like, they're felonies. Yeah, oh, for sure. <laughs> like, I'm not excusing other movies. I'm just saying that no, this no, no, movie no, no, no. also bothers me. My bar was just set with you talking about it. And other 80s teen comedies that I've gone back and watched as an adult. I just, the bar was set so low. I think 
for me, this movie bothers me so much because they have a relationship in the first third. They get to know each other. They yeah. become friends. They date a whole month. I mean, date, quote unquote. Date, they don't, they don't even hold hands or kiss or anything. But like they hung out as friends for a whole exactly. month. Exactly. Yeah. But in that month, she clearly has an arc where in that month, she has come to realize, oh, I actually enjoy being around this person. Yeah. And unfortunately, does not communicate that well. And as an adult, I'll say <laughs> that her communication skills contributed. But, teen- but she's like, like 17. Like, I, I sort of give her a pass on that. But like, yeah. so he totally would have became a dick. And she totally wouldn't have communicated. She had real feelings for him. So I was, I thought this thing was very believable. See, I didn't because, and maybe it's just because I feel like I would never be that much of a dick to my friends. Oh, I had a friend who got cool and became like a huge dick. His I name mean, was Todd. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. I didn't even know you in high school. He went from going on group <laughs> dates to not even talking to us. <laughs> Because you wouldn't leave me alone on my group date, Mikey. My frustration, and I think why I really disliked this the first time I saw it, and didn't love it today, although liked it more than the first time, there are sections of this where he hasn't become a dick yet, but he is really treating her as a commodity and and is just like oh you know so when are we gonna break up how do you want to do it i don't care and doesn't really take into the fact that she might have feelings about this and i think as an adult watching it now the intent was for him to seem oblivious yeah and i always interpreted it as callousness and if it was supposed to be oblivious, then it doesn't really fit in with how callous he is later. Because at a certain point in this movie, he lit- she's like, hey, you've kind of changed because you're popular and I liked you the way you were. Like, we were friends. We were cool. And he's like, yeah, but they don't cost me $1,000, which is fucking cruel. Oof. He throws the stuff about her college boyfriend in her face. He recites her secret poetry that she asked him to keep a secret to another girl to try and get laid. He's a monster. I think he's successful. I mean, I, I'm, yeah, not saying, I mean, I'm not saying that he's not a monster, Paige. I just think that he did get laid. I think so. Too. Okay, Probably. all the other ones are really bad, but I mean, we've all taken a secret poem someone wrote for us and used it to get laid by someone else. And Mikey, no. you have no idea how much that hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> you were my broken moon, Mikey. Uh, I I did have a dude take a mixtape I made and try to pass it off as his own. Oh, so yeah, like hell you know, no. high school is cutthroat. <laughs> that was not it was not it high school, but throat. like this was recently. No, this but it was not high school. But no, Jake sent me the mixtape and he was like, I've been thinking about you a lot. <laughs> and then I like just sent it via Instagram messenger to Sebastian Stan. It's been a weird week. Uh, I was like, this no. is a weird mix of like Run DMC and NWA, but I'm into it. It's fine. I just I'm don't know why it. these songs made you think of me. It's stuff like that where it's not until the very end. And I do think he kind of apologizes at the end, but he spends so much of this movie not considering her feelings, not really treating her like a person. I was about to say that, not really seeing her as a person. Yeah. Oh, you mean like men in the 80s or like men in high school? I, I get it, but that doesn't mean it's okay and it doesn't mean I have no, to like the movie. No, I don't think so movie. either. No, I, yeah, no. I am glad that he 
I feel like he got pretty good comeuppance after he became a dick and was I think oblivious so too. to her feelings. And uh, I think he realized it. And I liked better when he like accepted that he was like a total fucking loser for like betraying everybody who he actually cared about. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I agree with all of your criticisms and all of the, the general criticisms of 80s movies. Casual racism, sexism. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> right. Like this movie thought probably thought it was feministic when it came out because of how insane the 80s was. This movie probably was a feminist movie when it came out. Like, that's how bad the 80s were. Like, it was terrible. Yeah, yeah. I agree with all your criticisms. I, I did like that he was like, thank you for fucking ruining me on New Year's because I learned what I lost, which was who I was. Yes. But he didn't really apologize, apologize. I, I with you, I'm with you on that. No, and he sends, his, he sends his brother to be like, you ruined him. And I'm like, it's not her fault. He chose to pay her. He reaps the rewards. Fuck it. I don't know why he's blaming her for him not being popular anymore. This is fucked up. I'm not going to be a Patrick Dempsey defender. I will yeah. say if he was a loser, he probably never even considered she would ever have feelings for him. Not feelings for him, just her feelings in general. I do think just from personal experience, like I was oblivious in high school. Yeah. And to a large extent still am. So like I have no idea if someone like likes me and never did. Like I'm, I just don't have that awareness. So like I understood like when they when they went on like the date to the airplane graveyard or whatever. Right, right. And she was clearly like, why don't we just, she was talking about kissing, right? And he was talking about the breakup. Right. And I was right. like, I, that would totally be me. I understood that. And then where I started having a problem with Patrick Dempsey is when they break up and he makes it yes. like he's breaking up with her yep. because she's a bad person. And then I was like, oh, he's. And he uses her personal information to do it. Absolutely. Uh -huh. The whole, I, if I was your college boyfriend, I wouldn't call you either or whatever. Like that shit yeah. was like so mean and pointed and stuff. And like, there was no need for that. Like that's when I started hating him. And two things. I think the best story arc in this movie is Kenneth like yes. his yeah. story arc is awesome he he's like a nerd he's like a geek or whatever he owns it he knows what he is and he likes who he is throughout the whole movie yes he gets betrayed by a friend yeah. he sees the girl he sees that girl has a crush on yes. her yeah. And then he gets close to her with, well, I mean, and he puts himself out there. Shady practices. Yeah. yeah he he puts himself out there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love his arc in this movie. Like, in hindsight, is now my favorite. And oh, this sure. is Seth Green's best movie, Fight Me. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yes. Um, here's what I'm saying I'm not saying her feelings about feeling towards him. I mean, feelings at all. Because, like, oh, when yeah, he's yeah, yeah, yeah. breaking up with her and she, he has. He does not care if it will make her sad to bring up the shit about her boyfriend. He doesn't care if it's going to affect her, you know, reputation at school. He is only motivated by what he can get out of the situation. And it's very upsetting. It's real gross that he would treat anyone that way let alone someone he allegedly has feelings for. And it's during that section when he becomes sort of a monster popular guy, she yeah. is sort of on the outs with that community, it seems. Like, she still yeah. hangs out with them some. She dates yep. Brent or whatever, Biff, the guy with the Porsche. I would love to see... And I know they did a remake of this. Oh, with Nick Cannon, though. I would say Easy A is the better remake of this. And Easy A solves a lot of this. It is great. Yeah, I mean, because it, it, what you're talking about, Todd, is like she kind of gets insight of like that whole world is kind of like, because of what his yeah. what he what he said was right. And she's right. like, oh, are we like this? This is terrible. Yeah. And so she grows into that. But it's just not done super well because it's the 80s. That's well, but it's, it's not even just that. It's like no one in this movie cares about how she feels about anything. And it drives me nuts. Oh, I don't have a, I don't have a problem with that. I'm not her friends, that. not him. No one cares if they hurt her feelings. No one cares about, you know, 
literally abandoning her at a party. Like, I, I really hate how they treat her. I think her arc is expressing her feelings honestly. Because I think there's a lot of yeah, that in high school where I you agree. just, like, go along with things. Until New Year's when she, like, blows him up after her college boyfriend. Hate, like, I mean, she was in a very bad place, and she was real drunk, and what they had done was shitty. So, like, I don't really yeah. think she's a bad person. No. Yeah. She's not wrong. And then, like, they, they fucked her over without thinking about her. Yeah. And so yeah. she just, she got to reach, she got to, you know, lash out. I feel, I feel fine with that. I, I hate movies where they spend the last 45 minutes not together and then they get together in the last five seconds. Hate it. Yeah. I actually really did want, like, the end of it to be, like, them becoming their own clique and them getting together and, like, that apology scene happening way earlier like yeah. I don't know I don't know maybe like February and then like them just dating for uh, through prom like ending at prom and now it's like Patrick Dempsey and Cindy and Kenneth and like all of those friends from both groups co-mingle I think yeah. that would have been a better ending but that is of course 40 years after the fact well 35 years after the fact right two side characters I liked uh, one girl who just like painted weird stuff on her face yes, yes. I then, have her in my notes yeah. face two, girl like weirdly laid back me Head guy who's like, Love yeah, he's probably cool. Holy shit, I have this in my notes to talk about. The one who farts out of the windows all the time? Yes. So, like, Mikey, <laughs> I just assume because you only <laughs> fart me. like twice a week yes. that you yes. like could knock out Seth Green. Like, anytime you uh. have to fart, you back up to a window and then Seth Green somewhere passes out. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I like that character because he was a jock, but he like wasn't a bully. I mean, like, you know, like, he was like, hey, man, you shouldn't do that. Or And then he was like, and then like, he's like, oh, that guy's sitting there. All right, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Like, Quint is the dickhead jock. Yeah, Quinton. I remember when I was a kid that Quinton is in. Let the fun begin. I remember thinking that was hilarious. But I was also like eight. So like, whatever. Yeah. But he is the, I think he is like the villain jock. And the other two jocks are sort of just like going along with it because they don't want to be not popular. Right. right. Do you guys want to like maybe talk about the movie scene by scene though? Yep. Let's fucking do it, bros. Let's do it. All right. So we open on him mowing her lawn. Um, and this is over the credits where we find out that Paula Abdul choreographed this movie. I saw that. Yeah. I was like sort of blown away by it, honestly. All the cheerleading scenes, I think, is what it is. Yeah. Anyway, Cindy gets home with her two girlfriends and walk into the house with their new mall shopping spree. Is this the same actress that's in Sabrina the Teenage Witch? Wait, do you mean like the main girl character in this? Yeah. No, because she was like 17 when they filmed this. She was 15 when they filmed it. Oh, fuck. Really? That's insane. I'll get into it in fun facts. It's really sad. Anyway, so this is where I, I developed my theory that Cindy's mom is what Amy Poehler's character in Mean Girls is based on because they all get home and they're just like, credit cards. And the mom was like, oh, only the Neiman's card. It's like she's very loose with where Cindy goes, what Cindy does with her time. Yeah. So... She says to Cindy, like, why can't you be more serious like the Miller boy? And as they do, they turn to Patrick Dempsey, who's trying to get the mower unjammed and get sprayed with grass. I did think that was very funny. It was very funny. He parks the mower underneath one of the tree houses where there's other kids like playing in the yard. And we cut to inside Cindy's bedroom where she and her friends are all talking about a the routine they're going to learn as cheerleaders and B, the fact that Bobby, her boyfriend, is on Channel 5. Well, I, I thought that was hilarious because the phone rings and she like freaks out. Yes. And it's like, oh, Bobby's on Channel 5. And then they watch it and he's like, the reporter's like, so Bobby, what are you uh, missing most from home? And he's like, I got to be honest with you. Can I get a little emotional right now? The uh, 
like hot tub at his high school the gym. The hydro massage machine. Yeah. Have you ever had hydro massage? <laughs> it's so fucking nice. It's real. I I understood that. Apparently, it's better than Cindy or whatever. And then, uh, okay, let's say you're over eighteen at a college. Are you gonna say, you know what I miss yeah, the most? Yeah, my high Underage school girlfriends. <laughs> I thought about that too. I was just like, ooh. Well, I didn't ooh. think about that. Now I feel like a fool. But I mean, I also feel like he's at college and he's probably dating other people. I mean, she is dating other people and not just Patrick Dempsey. Like she dates another dude too. Yeah. Well, because he stops calling her. Oh, yeah. And which I think is fair. Like a lot of people break up when they go to like college. Like that's normal. Yeah. So they leave because they're going to go to cheerleading practice. But as she closes the door behind her, she leaves his Letterman jacket at home, which she came into the house with it. So like. She leaves it. I love that they like linger on that where she's like, she picks up the letter jacket and then she looks at it and then she throws it back down and then she walks and closes the door and it's a picture of her boyfriend. It's a life-size cardboard yeah, cut out huge. of her boyfriend. Oh I was God. like, oh, that's so, <laughs> so funny. funny. I love that so much. So meanwhile, Patrick Dempsey is riding the dunes on his bike because he doesn't have a car, uh, but he watches the cheerleaders practice and it's like an 80s workout video. This is definitely the part that Paula Abdul uh, choreographed. So um, his friend rides up next to him and is like, and I think this is Ken. And he's like, you're going to miss the sale. This is where we find out that he is saving up for that telescope. Yeah. And his friend basically sees that he's watching Cindy and is like, she's out of your league. Like, <laughs> knock it off. Yeah. Meanwhile, over by Cindy and her friends, this is where we meet the other jocks, specifically Quint. And I think it's Bob, Quint, Bob, and I don't remember the other one's name. Well, the big guy is Big John. I know that. Big John. That's what it was, not Bob. Quint and Big John. Yeah. And they're all going to go to a party at her place. We cut back to Patrick Dempsey and Ken, and they're talking about like what they're going to do as they're walking through the halls at school, what they're going to do for the next year. They're going to play cards. And this is where Patrick Dempsey's like, I want to be popular. And it had been so long since I saw this movie that when they said cards, I thought they meant magic the gathering where I was like <laughs> like clearly that's what they're doing like some Dungeons and Dragons shit but we'll find out later that they're just playing poker with pretzel sticks as fake cigars and root beer <laughs> and uh, I'm like which is somehow worse it's worse but it also kind of sounds like a good time where I'm like I could get down yeah I would 100% do that <laughs> I would do it yeah. for two to three weeks yeah that's true I wouldn't do it for years because he's been doing it for like <laughs> years I think I think he even says two years they've been doing it yeah what I do love is that they at, during some of those scenes they refer to the root beer as cold brew yeah yes they do <laughs> cold is, brews not cold brew it's not like starbucks but yeah he says cold brew he's like this cold brew is kicking at one point oh. but it's not cold brew as we know it it's not like star it's just barks root beer because you see the cans and then when he goes to the party yeah and he's like Yo, you want a brew? And he's like, you got any A&W? And I'm just like, oh, man. I love how the <laughs> like, guy, I think it's Big John, is even like, oh, that's hilarious, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, we we cut to Patrick Dempsey gets home, and uh, or he's riding home. On the way home, he and Ken stop by like a red Corvette to stop next to them. Yeah. And he's like, well, that's what you should buy with your money. And he's like, it wouldn't buy the wheel, basically. Like, I couldn't afford that with the money I have. Yeah. And we see his dad's car as he gets home, and it's got the logo on the side. Yeah, Tic Tac Tile. Yeah. Which is a great name. It is um, a great and name. 
his dad is washing it and it's a Chrysler. It's almost like a Chrysler ambulance. It's almost the same car as the uh, Ecto-1. I was going to say, I was like, that looks like the same body type at least. It's the same body type as the Ecto-1. Yeah. Not nearly as cool though. Not nearly as cool. Uh, We cut to Cindy's house where she answers the door in her bathing suit because she's about to go to a pool party. Yes. And she opens it to her mom's boyfriend, Rock. Gross. He's <laughs> disgusting. Oh, yeah. Because he's clearly hitting on her, where he's just like, oh, beauty runs in this family, and it runs fast. And yeah. it's just like, oof, magoof, to the point where I'm like, don't let him inside. Don't let him anywhere near your daughter. <laughs> like, this- Well, the problem is her mom's already let him inside. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, Mike? No, I'm saying, I'm, yeah, in her vagina. No. <laughs> Way to spell it out, Mikey. V A. No, don't really spell it out. What no. is happening? Stop it. <laughs> this is where she asks her mom if she can wear the suede outfit, and her mom said no. Definitively. It wasn't like there was gray area. Like there it was a yeah. no stop asking. Like Nope. Yeah. And her mom goes on the date, and as soon as she leaves, she goes into her bedroom and gets that suede outfit, regardless. Yeah. So we cut to the pool party, and this is we kind of get like Quentin talking to I think it's Iris where she's like anything to help the team and he's like <laughs> he's like you need to keep my mood up week to week and she's like what could I do yeah I, yeah. Like, uh... I think it's funny he's like playing with her hair or whatever and as he's saying like yeah. there's a lot of stuff the cheerleaders can do in between games to help keep Off morale up yeah. yeah and then like as she's like oh what can I do he like smirks and like keeps playing with her hair faster it's very funny <laughs> to me uh, we cut back to uh, Patrick Dempsey in his house with his parents and his younger brother, tiny Seth Green. Like tiny, jacked up teeth Seth Green. Seriously, this is my favorite Seth Green. Dude, those teeth look like Clueless Morgan from Muppet <laughs> Treasure Island. Like, Aww. Google a picture of Clueless Morgan and tell me I'm wrong. But he's, he's so young in this. He probably couldn't have had braces yet. He, no. he looks like he's fucking eight years old. He probably has baby teeth. Yeah, yeah. that's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And he is so good in this as a child. It made oh. me mad. I'm like, he is better than most of the adult actors in this movie. And motherfucker's four years old. I know. It's wild. <laughs> so, but this is where we... We find out about how much money he has for the telescope. Yeah. Which is a expensive ass telescope. I mean, yeah. I mean, telescopes get wildly expensive. In 87? That's like a lot of money now. That's like a lot of money now. Do you want to know, Mikey, if we adjusted for inflation, how much that $1,000 would be? Yes. I figured you might. So if you adjust for inflation, that would be almost $2,500 today. That's a lot of money. It and most is. telescopes are, I think, are still like a thousand dollars. I mean, that's I don't know that. For yeah, sure. Mikey, that is a wildly inaccurate statement. Just because you can get a ten dollar telescope and you can get a, I don't know, six and a half million dollar telescope. So like, there's like a wide range of what you can get. What's it matter? The Earth is flat. But Mikey, don't you want to be able to see <laughs> up through the dome? No. Get my head down and I purchase goods like a good consumer. Oh, wow. Like a good capitalist. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a goofy. We, we all have kind of bad days. So we're trying to keep, we're going to keep it weird. Yeah. We, I think we all did have very different kinds of shit days. Yeah. Mikey's drinking bourbon. <laughs> we're just cutting loose, man. I ended my day with a meeting that lasted two hours. It's too long. I went to a meeting today that was totally just three slides that could have been on an email. And I was but like, I mean, I have been looking forward to this all day even though my day was hellish no joke i was like if i can just make it till 6 30 <laughs> when we start yeah. when we typically start recording people are like what are you gonna do i was like i'll do the podcast it makes me feel better yeah which 
should tell me something about YouTube being so I love you guys. Yeah, honestly, Aww. like I really love talking to Paige. Like it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I just joking, I love you too, like anyway. Uh so we find out that that night he's gonna go play cards. Uh, as opposed to going to the party. And he arrives and they're playing poker. But this is where I fully thought it was going to be Magic the Gathering. I don't think Magic the Gathering existed in 87. I think it came out in like 93. I'm looking um, it up right now. Uh, Magic it did. the Gathering Holy shit, did Mikey, debut in 93. Holy 93. shit. <laughs> you, what the fuck? Nerd alert. <laughs> well, actually, uh, Magic the Gathering didn't come out until 1993. I had a really good green deck. <laughs> well, Dungeons and Dragons was 1974, so yeah. it could have been Dungeons and Dragons. I would have been down with that. Wow, 93. Yeah, I right? was older than that. No, guys, I've been a dork for a long time, like a secret <laughs> hidden dork, where I was like, "It's not a secret." <laughs> Magic the Gathering, what's that? I'm the cool jock. What's his face? Fart the windows. <laughs> I'm the cool jock Boromir from the mountains of Crabble Floor. <laughs> Shit. I knew it was early 90s, but I didn't mean to guess straight on. That really, just, that really tipped my Magic the Gathering hand. I love it. Uh, while they're playing, while they're playing poker, Patrick Dempsey is like, "Why don't we try something different? Like, let's play hearts or something." And they're like, "What? Different? Ooh. I'm too drunk on root beer for different." Yeah, I told somebody I was blacked out on mozzarella sticks the other day. <laughs> what I really wanted was for one of them to like take a bite of their pretzel stick and then ash the end they had bit off. <laughs> I don't know why, but that would have made me laugh so fucking hard. I mean, where are the candy cigarettes? They still existed back then. Oh, they no. did exist back. Then Mikey, they did. That was like Candy their cigarettes have been around for a long time. Yeah, but honestly, ashing the pretzel would have been great. Oh, thank you. Oh, that would have been funny. I used to do it all the time as a kid. Like no joke, that was like my move. My and my sister and I used to do this with giant pretzel sticks. So like this tracks for the eighties. One one criticism about this movie is, and I don't know if this is like parents of the time being younger, but like half the football team looks older than Patrick Dempsey's father. That's probably because they were. <laughs> This is the 80s where you could be 45 but still in high school and movies for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> Nerds! If you look at Cindy next to some of the other girls, she looks 15 and the other girls yes. look 25. Well, yeah. one of them is eight years older than her. So Good I guess Lord. two of them were 15 and the other one was like in her mid-20s. Patrick Dempsey is 20 when he makes this. God, if you look at the poster for this movie, it's Patrick Dempsey standing and then her like on his back around him. And it uh -huh. looks like he's like piggyback carrying his kid sister because yeah. she looks significantly younger in that, specifically in that photo. Yeah. And she's gorgeous, but she definitely looks younger. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Anyway, we cut to the party where she has showed up in the suede and she's telling everyone that Bobby sent it from Iowa because they have fine leathers there. Oh, man, I love this because one of the girls is like, oh, yeah, all the fine leathers are from Paris, Italy and Des Moines. Des Moines, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't think that's right, but whatever. I like this so far. <laughs> and Quentin, Quentin, uh, who's drinking a, a cheap dessert wine, goes to like, he's like talking and gesturing wildly with the glass. Somebody goes to high five him and he ends up accidentally tossing red wine all over her suede outfit. Yeah, Quint is the worst. Quint is the worst. And I feel like I've seen Quint in other things, but I couldn't place him. Uh, you have. You've seen Quint in other things. I did a deep dive on a few people from this 
Oh, like how Ken was in Children of the Corn? Yes. Well, he was the guy from Children of the Corn. He was Outlander! like, the, yeah. Yeah, exactly. We have no woman, Outlander! <laughs> so at the mall, we cut to the mall the next day. Uh, Patrick Dempsey's there to get the telescope. She's there to get a new suede outfit because she ruined the last one. And so he is using the telescope to look at her from across the mall. Yeah, it's a great shot. It's really cool, but it's also like a little predatory. It looks like a little creepy. But like, I mean, I I excused that. What I don't excuse is him propositioning her out of nowhere. Well, yeah, because he clearly sees through the telescope that she is like maybe like arguing with the purveyor yeah. of the suede clothing store. And I do like that she's like, I know I can't exchange it. Like, can you please just sell me one in advance? I will work it off. Like, I will work to pay it. Like, whatever. Like, until it. And the guy's just like, no. Uh, and for a hot second, I was like, why hasn't she just put it on the credit card? And I'm like, oh, because her mom would immediately know. <laughs> like, yeah. duh. But I mean, it's a thousand dollars. They probably spent that. I don't know if you guys remember, but the very first shot, the very first time you see them, they're coming in from shopping, and she bought right. herself yeah. and two of her friends' clothes. They probably spent about a thousand dollars that day. Yeah, probably. And yeah. I mean, I think the giveaway would be that it was at that one store, but... Her mom is rich. Yeah, yeah I honestly feel like her mom would have been upset and and maybe mad. Maybe mad is fair, but like not to the point where not it's like... Not super mad. Yeah. Not like take $1,000 from a guy to fake yeah. date him over a month. Right, mad. not to like rent yourself out for dates. Like that felt weird to oh, me. I have a fun fact. Oh, mm. do you? I, I actually have a fun fact. Can I can I use it? This just <laughs> in, Mikey. Fun fact: the original title of the movie. Was... I looked this up too. Can, can you not like? I have this in fun facts. I just want to steal Paige's stuff, like a true 1987 male <laughs> protagonist. <laughs> protagonist, you'd be the hero in 1987 for doing what you're about to I'm do. I'm the hero because I s took the fun facts from Paige <laughs> to, to teach her feminism. Thank you. <laughs> oh, the 80s were a very dark time, and honestly, it's not great now. No. no, nothing's good. The no. whole world sucks. Welcome. <laughs> I like bourbon, Mikey. <laughs> yeah, brother. I can't get another one. Paige told me one. Yeah, because it's going to get real weird if it's more than one. I mean, we've recorded with drunk Mikey before. It, it was a lot of work for me. That was yeah. not just two bourbons. No, it was not. Paige, do you want to steal your fun fact back from Mikey and reveal it I'm now? I'm going to steal it back. Do it. Uh, the original working title of this film was Boy Rents Girl. Yes. Although, from what I read, it was because they always wanted to call it Can't Buy Me love but they didn't know if the Beatles would let them do use the yeah, rights but that's so. like a shitty second place title oh yeah, yeah that's the worst plan B ever yeah why don't we just yeah. call it sex crime no Steve <laughs> no boy rents girl I oh. mean okay fine I, I will say I don't think any movie has captured like getting to like second base as such a, <laughs> as a and like a whole scene of just second base <laughs> and marking like, it on the calendar <laughs> and then him and saying I'm here 17 years Years is a long time to wait for some 17 tit. years, three months, and five days <laughs> is a long time to wait for some tits. When the girl removes one and says, There's only one other titty in this city, that's quite this pretty. Pretty. <laughs> now, here's the thing. I kind of don't have a problem with that scene. No, me either. No, she, I don't. I love yeah, it. He didn't pressure her into it. She had a catchphrase. She was yeah. into it. This was not the first time she had made that rhyme. You know, that no. was a very witty titty scene. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like, 
that's what high school was like. You like touched a boob and it was a huge deal. Not everything was like set. Like usually these comedies, it's just like you have sex that one time. You know, like yeah, mm. you immediately go to sex. But like they kissed and she's like, "Do you want to like see my boob?" And he like touched. He's like, "Oh, thanks. That was great." It's like, <laughs> "Oh my god, tits are the tits." I'm good. I'm gonna go mark this down in the camera. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. And, yeah. And I thought that was a more. I thought that was a good, a good like healthy portrayal of something like that. Yeah. More so than the relationship. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so he sees her across the mall. Sees that she's in trouble. He runs over with his thousand dollars and is like, I want to rent you. He says that. He says those words. That's his opener page. It's not like he eventually yeah. gets around to saying that. He like starts with that. Yeah. And he basically is like, I want you to pretend you like me. Pretend that we went out for a couple weeks. That'll make me popular. And she's like, no, it won't. And he's like, it will. I promise it will. And she agrees reluctantly. Trust me, your friends are idiots. Well, when you say <laughs> she agrees reluctantly, she says no at first. And then he's like, um, I guess we have decided not to purchase the garment. And he starts to walk yeah. out with the money in his pocket. And then she decides. I thought it was wild that the shop owner was just like allowing this conversation to take place in his store. It was like, oh, this yeah. is a fine like transaction to take place. Oh, I'm sorry. What do you, you want this minimum wage store employee to give a shit? I don't think he was a minimum wage. I mean, honestly, Mikey, that's fair. It's not his job. He's like, listen, <laughs> I've got my own problems. I'm not going to get involved yeah. here because then I think yeah. I might get charged with accessory after the fact. So like, <laughs> I don't want to be involved. Weirder shit was said in front of me at cash <laughs> registers for years. Oh, I'm exactly. sure. He probably didn't even hear it. He was probably like, all right, just tell me later. Yeah. <laughs> just zones out. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, one time I was standing at a crash register and the lady was talking to her friend as she was like, you know, paying for stuff. And she was like, yeah, he was uh, vacuuming and the shotgun was up against the wall and because he'd been cleaning it and he didn't realize it was loaded and he knocked the shotgun down and shot his foot off. How much was that? And I was just like, what? <laughs> what? I need to tell you all the story of the, the greatest overheard conversation I ever one side yes. overheard conversation. ever. Yes. Had. I love this. I was in. He was on the phone and he was mm -hmm. like, baby, baby, please take me back. And I'm just like, oh, mm -hmm. hello there. Hello. Listen to this. <laughs> and he goes, baby, please take me back. Please. I love you. I love you so much. Of course. I'll get rid of my snake. <laughs> <laughs> I immediately have nine questions like that. <laughs> what happened that like the snake was the problem in the relationship? What kind of snake is it? Wait, is this code for a vasectomy? What's no, happening? No. He, I was, he didn't explain. They didn't explain it. I was just like, oh, no, I have so many questions. I was like, what happened to your relationship? What did the snake do? That's amazing. That reminds me of a Lewis Black bit he does. No, I know. I wouldn't have gone to college if it wasn't for that horse. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly he what He talks it's about like. how he was at a diner and he overheard a lady in the seat behind him saying, if it hadn't been for that horse, I wouldn't have spent that year in college. And he was immediately like lost his mind about like, what the fuck could they be talking about right now? And if you haven't seen that Lewis Black sketch, it's the best. It's That's, so great. That was my version of that. Because then it's like we had to like separate, and I was like, I'll never know. <laughs> That's probably the best one my family, because we were all there, <laughs> overheard was uh, a woman talking to her child in Target. And this is a horrible thing to say to a child. It shouldn't be as funny as it is. But the kid was like, Mommy, I want a puzzle. And she just went, Baby, you too dumb to puzzle. And then walked away. Oh. And, <laughs> <laughs> and it's, a, it's a horrible thing to say to a child but now oh every God. once in a 
god. When somebody in our family does something stupid, we'll just be like, are you too dumb to puzzle? <laughs> like, what is happening? <laughs> oh my god. Although, Mikey, I am going to start saying that to you to your face. Like, whenever you, like, stumble or something. I have to be smart so much. Now, why can't you let me be dumb? Mikey, I prefer you be dumb. The dumb Mikey that I love is my favorite Mikey. I get home, smart, critical thinking Mikey. He's dead. He just dies from the night. I'm like an intelligence vampire at night. It's not. It just... It's gone. I, I can't I can't do it anymore. I agree. <sighs> All right. I'm sorry to interrupt. What were we talking about? I'm a dumb podcaster. <laughs> Baby, you too dumb to puzzle. <laughs> Baby, you too dumb to podcast. Damn right. So <laughs> anyway, she calls him Donald and we cut to the next day at school where they meet in front of school and she's like, shh, 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 go in this corner. And so I can like make you look presentable and puts like gel in his hair and fixes his shirt. And this is where he's like, oh, by the way, my name is Ronald. Yeah, because she's been calling him Donald the whole time. And when you say fix his shirt, she rips the sleeves off of it. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. let's not pretend he wasn't like hiding like a body under there. He wasn't. He's too skinny. I'm sorry. Did I you not see out. his I arms? I can't body shame him in this film. <laughs> yeah, I tricked Paige into body shaming someone and I love it. He looks like Woody from Toy Story. <laughs> <That's the movie>. <laughs> <laughs> that is not incorrect. <laughs> like at the end of this movie when he's wearing that like cowboy hat, <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. Where's Buzz? <laughs> Baby, I'll get rid of that snake in my boot. <laughs> <laughs> Baby, take me back. I'll get rid of that snake. Like half the time, he looks like vaguely cowboyish, but like not like like Woody, like like Tom Hanksy cowboy, not like mm, like Philadelphia. No, not like Sam Elliott cowboy. Right? Yeah. All, also skinny though. In my mind, Patrick Dempsey was skinny because he was a high school student. Oh, that must have been nice for some people. <laughs> no, I know, but like some. Teenagers can sometimes are that skinny and lanky, and then they like fill out later. And he's in class with a bunch of thirty-year-old dudes, <laughs> so like clearly he's gonna look different. No, he's a hundred percent going to high school with Channing Tatum over and over again from Twenty One Jump the man? Street. No, oh, or, but, all, but also Twenty One Jump Street. I love Twenty One Jump Street. Oh man, it is great. Yeah, was there something wrong with your pituitary gland? some shit yeah <laughs> i love 21 jumps it off. is great is there a romance in that can we do that no i no. mean it's that's bromance 100 <sighs> percent. i'm still kind of opposed to bromance month we, there's still so much i want to do with regular romances that's disappointing yeah. i just picked it as friendship month we could also do Romeo and michelle that month too. i really want to do the nice guys no you guys these are all action we just we just have to make when we are famous and rich, we can just make an action movie podcast. Well, I'll just settle for when we can do the podcast full time so I'm not working three fucking jobs. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's no way I could do another podcast now. I'm already too tired to puzzle. <laughs> I'm too tired to puzzle. I can't think anymore. I would even be dumber on a third podcast. I'd be like, oh, movie guns. Don't talk about. <laughs> Sorry, I was going to say, don't talk about Lethal Weapon that way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting too dumb for this shit. <laughs> So they go into school now that she's like, you know, poofed him up, zhuzhed him up, learned that his name is Ronald. And everyone is kind of confused by him at first, but they go to their first class. He goes to a science class where he's distracted and has to name all the bones of the appendicular skeleton. All 63 of them or whatever. 64. Of course it would be even. It would not be odd. That would be weird. (laughs) Right. Because two sides. I mean, unless something tragic happened. 
Well, yeah, but they wouldn't be like the normal skeleton, right? You know? Yeah. It's not like a, you know, airspeed velocity of an unladen swallow situation. Um, swallow. So we, we, <laughs> <laughs> we cut over to she's in home ec class, which like, did either of you guys have home ec? No. I did. I learned how to sew a pillow. Did you? Fuck. I wish I would have had home ec. I would have crushed that shit. It was fucking hard for me. <laughs> Yeah. What I do think is funny is that Big John eats an egg yolk and then pours some boxed cake mix yeah. just down his throat. And I'm like, well, that's one way to make a cake. He is making <laughs> like, a cake. He's got a gas oven down there. And that's it's what it is. Popping up. <laughs> uh, anyway, they all ask. They're like, what? what's with the nerd guy? And she's like, we're friends. And they're like, what about Bobby? And she's just like, my forehead doesn't say information. Blah. And then Big John eats raw cake mix. Uh, we cut <laughs> to lunchtime. And they've negotiated like a certain number of lunches, like a weekend date or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the weekend date is kind of interesting because he negotiates it later. And also that's one that like no one's going to see that I thought was. That's when I was like, she's not just doing this for the money. She's into it because no one's going to see that one. Anyway, so they sit down. And we watch as Quentin, Quentin sits down at a table and everyone like clears out. Yeah. But they all end up sitting together. And there's something really interesting in this scene. You can see the brand names of all the soda cans. I did notice that because he's drinking a Coke. He's drinking a Coke classic because two years before this movie came out, they introduced Coke to electric boogaloo. It's uh, <laughs> Coke. It's new Coke from 1985 and then it gets renamed coke 2 in 1990 so this movie exists in the five years in which new coke existed and then they basically had coke classic was the way to drink regular coke and did you also know that coke 2 lasted through july of 2002 really i didn't realize it was around that long well i lived in atlanta where the coke museum is so i went down there a lot and tasted all of those cokes internationally oh the international cokes are very delicious Mm -hmm. i was once asked to leave the Coke Museum in Atlanta. <laughs> How about that? Are them brothers here? Them evil terrorist brothers? Oh, different Coke Museum. Oh, that's a different Coke? Okay. My bad. No, they, they had like a display of mannequins behind a like red velvet rope and I walked mm-hmm. over there and just posed and that's all I did. <laughs> all I did was go stand. I didn't knock anything over. I didn't yell. My sister was taking a photo and someone was like, we're going to ask you to leave now. That's how I almost got. I almost got thrown out of Graceland for a very similar scenario. Nice. Um, I just wanted to see where he took his last dump, guys. Calm down. <laughs> I was photographing his rotating white fur bed. And a security guard came in and like nearly slapped the camera out of my hands. and was like, no photographing the artifacts. And I was like. I'm sorry, artifacts? Did we like- dig this up in some <laughs> desert somewhere? Like, this is Graceland, dog. That's a, that's a carpenter's bed. <laughs> <laughs> just somebody, like, with a toothbrush, like, with the fur, like, I'm just brushing the dust and the dried semen off of it. <laughs> Hitler almost won the war if he got this bed. <laughs> <laughs> we put this bed in a crate and then put a, a lightning stripe on the outside that just says, TCB in a flash like oh hell yeah but it's so yeah. evil it like burns the TCB it, like, lightning it bolt burned up. the yeah. lightning bolt in order to achieve immortality you have to find Elvis's revolver <laughs> you have to find the medal he got from Nixon 
<laughs> the one that made him like an honorary DEA agent or some shit. Like, yeah. And you can see in that photo, Elvis is so like blitzed out of his mind. It's wild. Oh, man. So here's something else that's really interesting in this scene from a soda perspective. Uh, her her girlfriends are also drinking Diet Sprite, Aww. which is no longer available, hasn't been available in years. It's Sprite Zero now. Oh, okay. But back in the 80s, in this brief period of time, you could still get Diet Sprite. So they all sit down and he's like talking to the jocks and they're kind of like, apprehensive but they kind of like cotton to him a bit he's kind of making friends a little bit yeah well he's like warming them up with like compliments sort of he's like hey i read in the paper that you guys might even go all state yeah right flattery will get you everywhere yeah not out of prison so (laughs) they go to scoops that's my fun fact eat that page I mean, <laughs> I do feel like it might get you out of prison a little early, like time off for good behavior or whatever. It also might make your time in prison a little bit easier to like manage. Maybe I'm going to stick to being the in prison chef and seeing what all I can do with ramen and things that I find at the commissary. Oh, yeah. I'll be like, do you guys want to play Magic the Gathering? <laughs> you know that this started in 1993. <laughs> get him. Get the <laughs> I made I made a whole set out of toilet paper. I drew it myself. Not you, Davis. You're too dumb to magic. <laughs> Mikey, I can't wait until you and I are in prison together. It's going to be great. No. No, no, no. That's John Coffey. He's the best magic player there ever was. <laughs> the, the green mile because you had a green yep. magic deck? Yep. Yes, baby. He thought he made the cards right, but it's just like magic, just not spelled the same. (laughs) I'm tired, Tom Hanks. I'm tired of playing Magic the Gathering. Anyway, they go to pizza after school, and he's like, oh, I'll invite them over to this table. And they take all the pizza and leave. I love that he's like he legit was talking to her about like I didn't eat because I was so nervous like if my blood sugar low was any lower I'd pass out he doesn't get a slice he goes and invites them over they take all of his pizza and then he takes like a little pepperoni a little pepperoni and as he picks it up it like bends in half like it's so like thin I don't know I thought that that was funny I don't know I really enjoyed the beginning section of this movie where they're actually like getting to know each other yeah and we cut to his dad's ball ass living room this living room had all the vintage shit i want in a living room there was a whole jukebox right there was a whole jukebox there was like a plant wall i i was here for it, it had flagstone fireplace tasteful paneling i'm digging it i mean this was definitely the site of a key party probably about <laughs> 17 years before this movie took place yeah exactly there's no way of knowing if Patrick Dempsey's mom is really Patrick Dempsey's mom. No, we know that's his mom. I don't think you know how pregnancy works if you don't know <laughs> if your mom is your mom. I don't think you know how key parties work. How do you? What? I'm so confused. The dad doesn't give birth. He's on a seahorse. No, the, the stork comes and drops the baby off when the baby's ready. You're too stupid for pregnancy. <laughs> you too dumb to pregnant. <laughs> you, too, you too dumb to pregnant. I didn't go to key parties. I went to Magic the Gathering gatherings. And those two things, like the Venn diagram of people who go to key parties and people who go play Magic the Gathering, do not touch. Oh, I'm here to tell you, they touch a lot. Have you ever been to fucking <laughs> Ren Fair? Holy shit. I have, and honestly, 
Met some very handsy people at Ren Fair. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's how somebody invited <gasps> me to an orgy at Benihana was a Ren Fair person. Like an orgy of food like in the Benihana? No, no, no. Like an orgy, but they were going to Benihana first. I said no, but like, you know, whatever. We got to carb up before we fuck. I would <laughs> really prefer to orgy after Benihana. I mean, before Benihana because oh, I would yeah. be bloated. Because yeah. I like go all out at a at an orgy Japanese steakhouse <laughs> and an orgy and like it'd be my first one so like you don't want to like just go a li- like you gotta like you know it's like your first time out you know you know like you gotta like it's your first big game yeah I, I mean I just made the mistake of posting Ren Fair photos online and that's why this dude contacted me cause like for me I'm like Ren Fair is just me <laughs> eating terrible food while my tits look amazing but apparently for him he was like everyone who comes here is Polly and I was like that's a strong assumption, sir. <laughs> like, I did once have a man dressed as a pirate walk up to me and be like, are you free for a threesome? Were <laughs> <laughs> you? No, of course not. But Paige, it was just him and the parrot and Todd. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get scurvy. <laughs> <laughs> but he he lifted his eye patch and he was like, oh, wait, never mind. Oh, no. <laughs> it was worse than his other eye. Well, no, he got a good look at me now that he had both eyes available. Oh, I thought, Welcome to the conversation. I was just like, Todd, you cannot be disgusted based on his disability of not having one eye. That's like really judgmental. Also, eye patches. Fucking hot. Snake Pliskin. Prove me wrong. Eye patches and snake tattoos (laughs) on your abdomen. Here for it. I feel like you're here for it because it's Kurt Kurt Russell, Russell. not because it's a snake tattoo and an eye patch. Like if that was me, you'd be like, get away from me. I don't want to offend our (laughs) listeners out there with snake tattoos and eye patches. I don't want to offend you while you're listening to this while you take tickets at the Tilt a World. (laughs) 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 Marky, someone out there is legit going, arr, that hurt. Uh." Hey, hey. (laughs) Jake had a temporary eye patch one time because something got in his eye at work and I'm here to tell you, I was into it then, too. I was like, yeah, what if we keep it? Should I hurt his eye permanently? Oh, no. <laughs> Talk booty to me. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh... I liked, I liked uh, Jake when he had his eye patch on, but the thing that upset me, though, is that he just had less depth perception. <laughs> <laughs> is it in yet? No, you're across the room. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. The next time I have sex, I'm going to get naked from across the room and be like, is it in? <laughs> I'm terrible. How big is it, Mikey? Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> That's a real dumb joke. I'm so sorry. You know what? I'm gonna get a Mountain Dew. A hard Mountain Dew? That's not in your business. <laughs> you guys like Baja Blast? Baja Blast? <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> That joke was for Paige and Paige alone. <laughs> oh, you're too dumb to drink alcohol. ASMSR. ASMSR? <laughs> for the freaks! <laughs> oh, dear God. Mikey, I worry about you every day. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. So, we're in his ball-ass living room. He's getting ready for the party. And he tells them that he's waiting for the big Columbus Day sale. That's why he doesn't have the telescope. And 
uh, he rides his bike to uh, Cindy's place. Yeah. And goes to pick Cindy up and the mom is like, did I not pay you? What's up? <laughs> like, why are you here? I did love that. He, and then he's like, no, I'm here to pick up Cindy. And she's like, what? What? And they do end up <laughs> taking Cindy's car and he asks her if Bobby is called and she says no. And he basically says to her like, hey, here he was a star, but there he's just trying to make it. I'm sure he's thinking about you. Like he's actually trying to be nice about it. Yeah, I think he's being a really good friend. I think this like right here is him being like, there's no way in hell she'd ever actually be interested in me romantically. So I may as well just be like a good friend to her while yeah, we're doing this yeah. thing together. And I like that. Like up until he breaks up with her, I really sort of liked their dynamic except for how it starts. Right. But like I do think he treats her with respect and he's very kind to her while they're like getting to know each other yeah. during this like, you know, month this is my favorite right. part of the movie same yeah and this is where we do get a cut over to the card game that he's missing and this is where the one guy is like this cold brew is not the same without him well because he's like he brings <laughs> the chips and dip yeah. yeah he does he brings the chips and dip They're like he could have at least dropped off the chips and dip it's a shame that we have to wait six more years for magic the gathering to be created <laughs> <laughs> Guess we'll just play poker. So they get to the party and this is where they all kind of start to like, oh, he's going to be like part of the crew because this is where Big John's like, can I get you a brew? A&W, that's hilarious. And this is also where Big John's like, I got to let it go. And he like backs up to a window, farts out of the window and murders Seth Green. <laughs> I love that so much. I'm sorry. I do fully love that. Like before they get to the party, we see Seth Green as like talking to his parents and he's like, this is not normal. Why? How is this happening? He's like, I have to, yeah. you know what? I Seth Green's on the case. Yeah. And he gets on his bike and he follows them. Like he just like does his own investigating. He also sings Secret Agent Man to himself. And it shows up in, if you're watching it with subtitles, it shows up in subtitles for like two seconds. Oh, God, that's where amazing. he's just like, Secret Agent Man. <laughs> <laughs> Seth Green is a delight in this movie And I don't think yes. he gets enough credit for his earliest work It's just like a younger brother To watch your older brother touch a boob for the first time I mean he does though <laughs> Did but your younger brother watch you touch a boob for the first time? I hope not <laughs> But I wasn't really touching it I was sitting like three feet away I've got terrible depth for some <laughs> I kept missing it I just kept swatting at it It's like when they play binocular soccer You <sighs> it get it so good. It's like a bag full of sand <laughs> And she's like just take the eye patch off and you're like, no, I'm committing to the bit. <laughs> I'm Snonk Plonkskin. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Snonk Plonkskin. I just want to see what the tattoo looks like on his abdomen. It's, <laughs> it's a snake, but he's having it removed. He's getting rid of the snake. Anyway, so we cut to uh, she offers him a ride after school. And this is where Ken is like, hey, you stood us up for cards. Yeah. And he's like, hey, I'm sorry, but I'm just I'm doing this thing. I promise like maybe Sunday afternoon. And he's like, I'll call you for an appointment. Yeah. This is like where he starts to blow off his old friends, which sort of is like super sad. Like I hated that. Yeah. We cut to him at her house washing her car. And she's like, hey, I didn't just offer you a ride so you would wash my car. But like, thank you for doing that. Yeah. And he's like, I like the work. It's honestly enjoyable. And she's like, you're a hard worker. And this is like mm -hmm. more of them bonding because he's like, you are a hard worker too Like what you do is difficult And you're very very yeah. good at it And she just didn't see it that way Like he is sort of building up her confidence In that side of her life Yeah Which I liked I thought that was super sweet And I also think that's why she was like Shares oh, her poetry Yeah maybe I could share my poetry with him Maybe he wouldn't reject that side of me You know yeah, yeah. Um, they go shopping together. Yeah. Um, where she kind of like gets him new clothes and new glasses. And again, she she pays for this, or I bet her mom yeah. does. So like, I really don't think 
it would have been a huge yeah. problem if she ruined the suede outfit. Right. Also, that outfit was not meant for children. I mean, like, that is a very revealing outfit. Yeah. Anyway, we cut to them on their kind of Saturday date. And again, this is the one where I'm like, no one's going to see this one. So, like, this is them truly bonding. Is this where they go to the pizza place or the airfield this is their last date actually it's the yeah. uh, airplane graveyard he takes her to it's the airplane graveyard uh, which is a real place uh, and so they hop the fence they go to the airplane graveyard they check out the old planes they look at the moon through the telescope and he talks about how he believes that by the time he's an adult people will live and work on the moon <laughs> so okay let's talk about this let's talk about how hopeful these children were and <laughs> And I'm sorry that we ruined the planet. <laughs> I'm sorry we ruined the moon. <laughs> Did we ruin it, Mikey? I don't trust the moon. It's I don't hollow. trust the moon. It's the world's flat and the moon's cheese. And like, we can't go over there. That's a sandwich. I mean, everybody knows you can't even get to the moon because the spaceship will blow up on the dome. Mm -hmm. They faked the moon landing. Kubrick did it. It's all there in the YouTube's algorithm. I just loved how people back then were like, the future is going to be great. It was before postmodernism, post where now it's just like, the future's here and it's terrible as, ever, as everything else. Where's well, our yeah. goddamn flying cars? <laughs> they fly, but the twenty nine ninety nine an hour and you're going to hate yourself. Yeah. Oh, man. It's because Reaganomics hadn't quite ruined America's economy yet. Yeah. He was just prancing around in those suede outfits. Yeah. Like nothing was going to ever go wrong. It was all balloons with happy faces. So, anyway, the world is not as great as it turned out to be for them because he thought there's a possibility all work on the moon. Yeah. And he didn't realize that the moon was going to have the Sunny D virus <laughs> and then it was going to explode <laughs> like three different times because Mikey doesn't fucking remember what he makes Page. up. That's the mun, anyway. It's not even the moon. The it's mun. the mun. Yeah. I hate uh, everything. <laughs> I have a question, because I've been making only stupid jokes this episode. Um, has he already listened to her poetry and stuff yet? Yes. Yes, he oh, did. That's, that's my sweet part. I want to say that I like that. Fun fact. Did I say that? You did. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. I'm not having a great day. <laughs> I'm memento podcasting. We're like, I'm like looking at the tattoos. The joke is across the room, and you have bad depth perception. Uh, but I like, I like how he encouraged her to be herself, and like she was more than cheerleading and stuff like that. whatever. That was a yeah. long time ago. I remember us vaguely talking about it. It was only about a minute or two ago. Was it? Yes. <laughs> Anyway, uh, they've been looking at the moon and having a good time. Uh, and then he, it very much seems like they're going to kiss. And he's like, there's something we got to discuss. And she was like, I was wondering when you'd bring this up. And I think it's because she's hoping he'll kiss her. I think it clearly is. Like, yeah. she is looking forward to taking it to that next level, right? Right. And he is oblivious. Yeah. And so he's just like, I was thinking about the breakup. How should we do it? And she's very hurt. <laughs> like I, I feel like and maybe this is just me uh, as a lady in this scene I'm like oh she is hurt yeah no she seems Crushed. hurt she does yeah she needs to express that that's not what she was thinking and that she enjoyed spending time with him and maybe they don't have to break up but she's also a teenager yes yeah. teenagers if you're out there just be honest about your feeling it's very scary Mm -hmm. But like living in an honest relationship is much better. Just like people either say they like you back or they don't. And if they don't, you're sad for a little while, but you're able to find someone who eventually does say they yeah. like you back. And you can absolutely exactly. just move on. Yeah, absolutely. And like, let's say that you took a thousand dollars from a loser to date them secretly for three weeks. And then you actually have feelings for them at the end of that three weeks. And then they say, well, this was really nice. But we have to do our fake breakup because I don't want to keep any more of your time. And then you do have feelings. Well, you just say, hey, you're a pretty cool dude. I wouldn't mind if we were actually dating. And he would probably... Yeah. 
throw up and pass out at that (laughs) (laughs) and he would probably fill his pants or be like where's my thousand dollars then bitch this is supposed to be fake (laughs) (laughs) there was only one rule don't fall in love with me (laughs) 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 and no kissing on the mouth oh sorry that's something else sorry only on the taint let's be honest about your feelings Anyway, she's clearly hurt and he's just like, oh, we can like make something up. Here's how we could do it. We could like break up. And she's like, okay, like clearly not not okay. The next day at school, he launches into it and she starts off by being like, hey, I did a little thinking and she's clearly going to say, hey, what if we don't break up? Yeah. And he before she can get it out is just like, you're bankrupt and I've been bankrolling this whole thing. It's just like this wild thing. And he throws Bobby in her face Oh. super mean and it's super out of character and that's yes. what I don't like about it the most it's just like this movie writes to him as being like not malicious or even sp- yeah. vicious and they even talk about how they're gonna break up and he brings out all this vicious personal stuff and it tries to make it seem like Paige is saying oblivious but he's right. not that mean and he's never played that mean I think it's just bad writing because it really turns the character like he should have felt fake broken up with her and her get really upset from like not being able to hang out with him anymore and she, he would have been like oh you did that really well or whatever yeah I don't know well she ends up slapping him well and deservedly so and I do love that he's like or when they talk after school and he gives her that gift for her poetry which is really nice yeah. he, he's like man that slap was like next level that's like Oscar worthy <laughs> Yeah. And she's like, yeah, I wasn't acting, you bastard. Well, and she says to him, too, like, popularity isn't perfect. Do you remember the suede outfit? I was trying to impress people. Everyone works at it. Basically, like, everyone is trying to be something other than themselves. And you need to understand that. Yeah. But she says, whatever happens with your popularity thing, stay yourself. Yeah. And I love it. He's like, who are you talking to? Of course, I'm always going to stay myself. Smash cut to him as somebody else completely. We cut to the next day at school and his hair's like slicked back. He's like yeah. walking in the hallway like he's king shit. Like, I don't know. I sort of yeah. hated it. And her her two friends are immediately like, who's going to jump on this dick? Well, one of them asked him out. And then like as he leaves, the other one's like, I was going to ask him out. And she's like, don't worry, baby. It's only October. <laughs> yeah. And they seem to have no problem sharing, which like good, good for them. Friendly friends. Yeah. Anyway, he and his date pull up to Scoop's. And she basically tells him in the car that she's going out with him because he went out with Cindy. Yeah, more or less. She was like, no one thought you were cool until you dated Cindy. Yeah. And he's like, oh, okay, whatever. Yeah. They reveal that there's a blanket in the back of the car and that like the car is basically a shagging wagon. And I think it's Big John who says, yeah, it's good for some sweet sweat, Barb. And she's like, no complaints. <laughs> like she's <laughs> super down. You said that like you were a robot. No, no complaints. complaints. I do comply. No complaints. (laughs) Touch boob. Okay, let me ask you this. If you guys remember the scene, Patrick Dempsey puts his hand on Seth Green's head and like pushes it down and then backs Big John to fart into the the shagging wagon, right? He hotboxes it, yeah. Yeah, do you think he knew Seth Green's character was there under the blanket? Yes, Yeah, I think think so so too. I think that's why he did it. Which makes it weird when he's like making out with and touching that girl's boobs. Well, that's a different night. Oh, is it? I thought it was the yeah. same night. My bad. Okay. I don't think he knows that he's there the, the other night. Okay. I thought it was all the same night. My bad. But so his, I guess Barbara is the girl that he's there with. And then he, she leaves to go get food. He ends up talking to the other friend and she's like, do you want to go to the dance with me? Friend share. And he's like, oh, all right. Share, share. Fine. We cut to he's at home. 
He wakes up late at like 11 on the weekend. And this is where Seth Green's watching wrestling and he tries to convince him to change it to American Bandstand. But instead, they get an African cultural hour on PBS. Yes. Where they are doing dances, cultural dances. But he thinks it's American Bandstand. So he learns them and then goes to the dance. It is the African anteater ritual, which is... That's pretty terrible. Yeah, it's racist. I think it's more racist that they get the one black character who is not named or says any other lines to say, oh, hey, it's the African-American anteater dance. It's all the nerds. It's not just that one guy, but he is... Their their new fourth because they've had to replace Patrick Dempsey. Right. Yeah, right. So yep. he is one of them. But all of them say it's the African anteater ritual at the dance, right? Because right. he does look crazy doing this on the dance floor, and he gets everyone to do it. Well, and he's also bad at it. Like we should say. He's not good at it. Yeah. But I do have to take a second for the band the dance, that lead singer's jacket. I want it. Paige, fully same. I also secretly wanted this band to be Morris Day in the time, but yeah. it wasn't. I secretly wanted them to play that song from Super Mario Brothers, the live action movie where everybody does the dinosaur. The song. Everybody, everybody does the dinosaur. dinosaur. Yeah. They were, <laughs> yeah, they were like low rent debarge, but that jacket was fucking fly. Uh, anyway, so Cindy's at the dance with mean college Taylor Hansen. His name is Brent, I think, because... At Scoops later, he's like, what is it, Biff? And she's like, actually, it's Brent. And he's like, they're the same thing. That's what I kind of hate is that, like, every time he encounters her after, instead of just being friendly because they've been friends in the past, he's a dick to her. I do think there are times when he's, like, trying to be nice, but he's trying to be nice for a second. And she's still, I think, understandably pissed about the way the breakup yeah. happened. And because he doesn't immediately get, like, her being sweet and nice to him he then becomes even more of an asshole to her. Yes. I'm not saying that that's her fault. I'm saying that's his fault. Yeah. Yeah. But this is where at the dance, he starts doing the dance that he learned on TV. Everyone else starts doing it. Yeah. And then we cut to, they're at Scoops after. He and Cindy and everyone is kind of there. Cindy's there with Brent. And at one point, someone tells Cindy to get tranquil. And I think it's him, if I remember correctly. He says yeah. that. Yeah, he says that because she's like still mad at him. Like he walks yeah. up and she's like, Cindy, babe. Or he says that to her. And she's like, yeah, first off, don't call me babe. And she starts walking back to yeah. Brent's car, his Porsche. Right. And th that's when he's like, calm down. I'm just having I'm just trying to be nice or whatever. And she's like, well, whatever. I'm, I'm not over the breakup. Right. There's all the subtext. Right. And she's just done with it altogether. Yeah. We cut to. He ends up in the car with whoever not Barbara is. The other girl that's not Barbara. I did not learn her name. I'm sorry. Yeah. And they're in the car in a quiet place. And she's like, finally alone. You're awfully far away. And he's like, I have bad depth. Perception. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, oh, am I? I thought I was next to you. Um. Anyway, this is where he reaches out and touches boob. Reach out and touch boob. <laughs> I am 100% going to write a full on parody song to that. Your own personal <laughs> boob squeeze. <laughs> someone to feel your tits. I have not touched a woman in a long time. Mikey, I offered to come over and just snuggle <laughs> with you until you feel loved. 
I realize I'm not a woman, but it's at least it's a human connection. <laughs> Do you think there's like a, a person who cooks food to just look like sex organs? Yes. Yes, absolutely. I have never heard that sentence, but I'm sure it exists. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's funny. I want to see some of that. <laughs> You're familiar with rule 34, right? Yeah. But I want them to like be like actual cooking, like like Paige. Like, now you really want the pepperoni to be in the middle of the chicken. It's like Julia Childs, but for yeah. cooking food to make it look like sex organs. I mean, there's whole businesses that make erotic cakes well, I don't want erotic cakes because I want a diet. I want erotic protein, low carb. <laughs> what do you want? Like erotic kale? <laughs> Kale's not sexy. Mm. You guys mm. want some fuckable kale? <laughs> <laughs> it smells like farts and it looks worse. I've heard that before. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we cut back to his house where he's crossing off calendar days. And this is the like 17 years, three months, five days, a long time to wait for some tit, which is like, she has a name. We don't know it, but she has one. Todd, do you remember your first time you touched a boob? Uh, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to. Okay, I'm going to. God, I'm I don't think I remember exactly the first time it was. I remember. Oh, wow. Mikey, like, <laughs> I've never seen Mikey look so serious. Oh, wait. No, Mikey, I do remember. It was at a Depeche Mode concert, and they were singing a song about <laughs> reaching out and touching boob. Perfect timing. Uh, mine was, I was 15. Okay. I was dating a girl. She came over to go swimming after school. Ooh. You had a pool, you rich son of a bitch. <laughs> Fuck. It was you and everything about wait, you. <laughs> was it above ground? It was a neighborhood pool. Okay. okay. That's better. Okay, that's fine. Mm-hmm. You touched booby at a, a neighborhood pool? No, no. Oh, okay. I, had a half-finished basement with a futon and a TV. Oh, no. And let me tell you, that futon was many firsts of my career. <laughs> career? You could pay career. for this? Hang on, Mikey. Yeah, let's talk. Yeah, $1,000. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really, all the pay is the thanks from my fans. Were you going to go on with your story about the time? Oh, no. I mean, like, I touched her boob. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> We made out and I like touched her boob. Over over the suit or under the suit? Both. Oh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> but then she wanted to like, I felt for Pact Protected because she wanted to do more, but I like wasn't ready. And I was like, I don't know. That's weird. <laughs> oh, I definitely had a lot of that, especially in high school. Like I, I think the first time for me was with my high school girlfriend, Dawn, and I was a freshman. So I was 14 or 15. Mm-hmm. And then I was too chicken shit to do anything else. <laughs> so then I went upstairs to like get us drinks, or whatever. My mom's like, "Why are you all red?" And I was like, "I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything." And she's like, "She's like, it's okay. You're okay. It's just go back downstairs. You're okay." Like my mom like knew like she like hit a nerve. I could smell the boob on him. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never wash this right hand again. <laughs> and he still hasn't. It looks like your foot. <laughs> what was her name? Christina. Well, Christina, if you're out there, I specifically would love to interview you for the podcast <laughs> because yes. there is some payback I need to get on Mikey. How many guys were in that basement? So, Christina, please reach out on any social media and I would I'd love to talk to you. I don't think she listens. I've had two pieces of furniture that like really Hit it out of the park for me. Are you fucking furniture now? No, 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 no. I'm just good luck furniture. And Sean's couch. Oh, yeah. Sean's couch. There's a mythos around Sean's couch. Paige, do you not know about this? Oh, my God. Mikey. Mikey. Okay. Okay, Mikey. Please, let's tell at least two of the stories that have happened on the couch. Sean's couch. Mind you, Paige, this is not his couch. This isn't even at his place. This is at someone who we know, a mutual friend of ours, at his place. These stories start when I'm 30 years old. This is not like 
college sean's couch sean owned the whole house well one there was halloween where i met cinderella okay i'm guessing she was dressed as cinderella no she wasn't dressed she didn't even realize it was halloween it was actually cinderella wait i'm sorry (laughs) here's how i got cinderella i was dressed full on as a penguin <laughs> I love this story so much. I love how hard Mikey goes in the paint with Halloween costumes oh, yeah. and still manages to get laid. That's so funny to me. It was like top to bottom, giant beak, and my head's in the middle. And at one point in the night, I was like, I bet I could slide down those stairs like a penguin. <laughs> and I slide down all of the stairs on my belly, like <laughs> and then that girl was like, I want to fuck that penguin. Yes! I, swear to God. <laughs> I want to get him pregnant with an egg that we have to carry on our feet for months. <laughs> and like, we, some things happened on the couch that night. And Sean was like, I heard noises on the couch. And I was like, oh no. I was like, what? <laughs> and then that just, and then her and I dated on and off for a while. Well, yeah. And she still misses you because penguins mate for life, Mikey. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, bro, it was like Pepe Le Pew type situation where I spray painted. I'm actually a seal, but I spray painted white on my chest. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> then another time, oh, this one's weird. Mikey, if you don't tell it, I will. <laughs> okay, Todd, you tell it. So there was a woman at Sean's house mm-hmm. who, let's just say, doesn't normally enjoy the company of men. Oh, I have a story like this from a sorority couch, but go ahead. But that night she did, mm-hmm. and that man was Mikey. Hmm, okay. On Sean's couch again. <laughs> she had a breakup and was like living there, and I was like, you got nice legs. Do you want to watch Bob's Burger? <laughs> you know, real sexy talk. You know what I'm saying, Paige? Amazing. That's how you get them going. <laughs> She's so sweet, and she was a, such a sweet person, too. But, Mikey, she still misses you because lesbians mate for life. They <laughs> aggressively don't. <laughs> they so don't. <laughs> I gotta find that fucking couch. <laughs> you do, Mikey. You need to find that couch. I don't know why it's not in your house right now. So, like, and they made this part of it. It's like, none of these women I was trying to hook up with. None of them. I was just being, like, nice. I was like, oh, my God, you have great legs. Do you want to Bob's Burgers and I'm like, <laughs> like I'll slide down these stairs as a penguin I think it'd be funny and she's like you slide into this pussy <laughs> cut, no cut this out this is how aggressive Cinderella was she was like I <laughs> and I was like you should have seen my penguin fucking face I was like but beak but like your beak is like out to here and you're like fully like slack jawed like oh. beak yeah so yeah, I was once at a party and I didn't know how aggressive roller derby women were. I mean, some, yeah. Yeah. That's well, why they play roller derby. <laughs> well, there was a, a lady there that night who took a fancy to me. And this happened exactly as I'm saying it in like the same time period as I'm saying it. This girl corners me against a wall and she goes, you can have me if you want me. And then I said... I don't know you. <laughs> and she said, okay. And then she grabbed a, like, a finger sandwich that was on the table and gutter chucked it at somebody and a piece of <laughs> ham stuck to his face. <laughs> it was the most chaotic thing I have ever been a part of in my life. So the presence of this couch promotes chaos. This couch is the most powerful couch in the world. Mikey, I know you know who has that couch. You should reach out to them and offer to buy the couch, please. 
She and I don't talk anymore. Would it make you mad if I reached out? That would not make me mad. I don't know her all that well. I met her a few times. We were friendly. She would know who I am. So I feel like maybe she might be willing to let me buy her another couch and have that couch. Let's get a podcast office in Nashville and put the couch of chaos in it. <laughs> There's oh, nothing yeah. else there. It's just the couch. We have to contain its power. Welcome to Horror Virgin headquarters. Will you want to have a seat on our couch? Yeah, the, the couch. To just get a plaque above it that just says Sean's couch. Yeah. That fucking couch. We gotta get it, Mikey. We gotta get the couch. All right. We have to leave Couchgate, but I seriously, <laughs> so let's start a GoFundMe for the couch. And I, if we can get enough money if to you buy. You can edit this to make me not sound like a sociopath. That would you be. You don't know. No, it just sounds like a magical couch. It is a magical couch. Anyway, uh, he goes out for Halloween, gets into a van with the other jocks, and they're like, we're going to go vandalize this house. We've been vandalizing that same house for four, four years. years. In a row. This is our final mission. I love the way they build it up, too, because yeah. when he gets there and it, it's revealed that it's Ken's house, he's like, no, there, there's a better house down the street. They're like, no, this is the house. We've been doing this for four or for three years. This is our last year. Yeah. Yeah. And Ken's dad and brother and Ken are all trying to catch the people who've been vandalizing their house every year yeah, because so like, they've been egging their house and throwing dog shit, shit on their door them. yeah and he has a choice at this point to participate or not and he throws that bag of shit at ken's door as ken says you shit my house man you, you shit, shit my, my house, house man i don't know why that made me laugh so so hard ken's right <laughs> he is right yes he looks like 90 years old in this whole movie but it's because he got burned in that cornfield <laughs> <laughs> he who walks behind the rose is also the giver of crow's feet so he catches ronnie in the net and lets him go and lies to his dad and is like there must have been a hole i didn't see who it was yeah and i think it's because it was so hurtful to be like my best friend shit on my house literally i, th I think 100 you're right Paige. i think he, he was like what and just in that moment of like what is happening right now like everything i thought i knew was false yeah like that's when patrick dempsey gets away yeah, like I thought that maybe we were falling out of friendship, but I didn't think you would actively humiliate me and hurt my home. Yeah, this is a ramp up from just not being friendly to him at school and hanging out with him. Like this is an act of aggression. Like he shits on yeah. his house. Yeah. Anyway, Seth Green has a Barbie guillotine at the kitchen table. It's pretty cool. It is pretty um, cool. Yeah. He is definitely going to grow up to be a murderer. But yeah, I was on board yeah. for it. Yeah. Chilling. Uh, <laughs> so we cut to scoops where everyone's out and cindy's out with her college boyfriend who's a total asshole and asks for a chocolate shake extra thick and she ends up just pouring it on his head because he's like he's not thick enough and she's like you're not thick enough like a hot dog down a hallway <laughs> i didn't think about that but i mean she's 15 page anyway <laughs> that was more commentary on the size of his hot dog than the size of her hallway exactly thank you for clarifying i You're do welcome. love that he has like shake all over or milkshake all over his head and he's like worried about the porsche that will definitely like you can like wash off hose it off like that's not going to be an issue you'll you're fine it was weird. Anyway, she comes home and her mom is home from her date. And so they end up just watching TV together. And it seems like there's I, I like we don't really see it, but it does seem like she repairs a little bit of her relationship with her mom. We cut to school and it's Christmas because we can tell from the decorations. And he's trying to apologize to Kenneth. And Kenneth is like not going to hear it, which like I don't fucking blame him, you know? Yeah. So he basically is just like. Fuck you. Not even like, I'm so sorry. I know you're not ready to hear this, but I'm sorry. When Kenneth doesn't immediately be like, oh, I forgive you. He's just like, 
fuck you. Yeah. Bye. Which I completely understand. Yeah. Meanwhile, Cindy comes up to him and is just like, hey, how's it going? And she's like, hey, maybe on a Saturday we could go to the airplane graveyard. I wrote a new poem. And he's just like, save it for your college boy. You ignored me for 17 years Ugh. and now you want to ride the express and you're not the only one. And then he implies that she gets more rides than the Greyhound. And or well, no, 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 I'm sorry. She, she implies, implies that Iris gives more rides than the Greyhound. And he says, well, at least her ticket won't cost me a thousand bucks. Ugh. Which is gross. It is gross. This is when he's like fully like evil, maniacal Dr. Yeah. McDreamy right And I right kind of like that the direct, the, the creators were like, we want you to hate him. Just like fucking hate him that he's an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> but they went a little too far. They do lean into it. You're right. They do. Because we cut to the party and Cindy is drunk because she's drinking straight vodka and is wearing an outfit that her mom actually said she could wear and is has revealed that Bobby couldn't come home for the holidays and does actually tell people at this point. She's like, yeah, I we haven't been dating. He hasn't called me. Yeah. But she goes to try and find a room to kind of like sit down or lay down in and everyone's fucking in the room she gets to the she gets to the bathroom yeah and ronnie is making out with iris and he's reciting her poem to iris well he's trying to like convince her to perform some sex act on him i'm not yeah. sure exactly if it's full-on sex or if it's like yeah we don't know yeah we don't know but he is using Sort of the end of one of her poems that he read. Yeah. I mean, yeah. reading does give you an advantage when hooking up. I'm just going to say that. Yeah, but like that was her poem that she was like, don't tell anybody that I write poetry. He didn't tell. He technically did no. not tell anyone that she wrote it's that. It's still he, shitty, Mikey. It's still super shitty. Oh, what happens in a closed bathroom with another consensual no. child? It wasn't a closed bathroom. It, it was, was an open. open door bathroom. Yeah, but he yeah. turned the fan on. And I feel like that means something. He didn't light a candle, so fuck him. Um, <laughs> no, I think she clearly has feelings for him. We we know that from the rest of the movie. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then for him to turn around and literally blow her off the day before and then use her poetry to try and get laid with someone else and for her to watch it, so incredibly painful. Yeah. Like, it's brutal. Whether she saw it or not, him doing that's a dick move anyway. But the fact that she saw yeah. it is like, I, I am surprised she ever talks to him again. Yeah. It's about midnight. Everyone cheers or whatever. And it's 1127. I remember them 11 saying 27. it. Yeah. And Dancing With Myself is on the record player, Dancing which is a song about myself. masturbation, which I found funny because this is when he becomes a social pariah and is no longer able to date anybody at school. You do not have to be a social pariah to masturbate. <laughs> I mean. You hear that, everybody? Mikey's giving you permission to enjoy yourself. And I'll remind you that piranhas don't have hands, so. <laughs> so we should masturbate the piranhas? I'm confused yeah, at where we're so, going with this. It's a social piranha. <laughs> pariahs. Oh, pariahs. <laughs> God damn it, Paige. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, Bobby shows up and he's asking his jock friends. He's like, who the fuck is, the, like, who's the new cool guy? And he's like, Ronnie the lawn dude? Like, No. They're like, yeah, he dated Cindy. And he's like, the fuck he did. And so he finds Cindy, drags her to the kitchen. And it's implied that he is verbally abusing her in that kitchen. Everyone's like laughing about it. I hated this so much for her because yeah. everyone is laughing. They're like, ha ha, this is so funny. Yeah. And he 
he like leaves the kitchen and she's like, we were faking. He paid me. Yeah. She's trying to explain. And my, by the way, he wasn't calling her during this time. He should have no claim to her at all. Yeah. No, he should not. He's a fucking horrible dude too. He's a horrible dude. Uh, but as he, he, he's leaving, she's like, we were faking. He paid me. And he says, that makes you a prostitute. Yeah. Like the way he should have handled this has been like, man, it's great to see you. It's wild that you ended up dating Ronnie, right? Like that's so right. weird. That's so cool. Hey man, it's great to see you. Hopefully you have a great rest of your year. I'm leaving because this is an underage party. Like there's no yeah. reason why he should have reacted the way he has or he does. Yeah. That would be like me getting mad that my ex-girlfriend was having sex with somebody. Oh, you mean like that's like most people who I mean, like there's a ton of people who do that. They're awful. All right. I mean, that's fair, but I just wouldn't care. Like, whatever. Yeah, I'd... I also wouldn't want to be around it, but still, I wouldn't, like, grab her and yell at her in the kitchen. Like, that's a bonkers reaction. Well, especially when he has not, like, chased her at all the whole movie. Exactly. I mean, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. Was, like, he has not kept that relationship up at all. He doesn't all. care until it's, like, a possession kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Anyway, she tells the entire party about the $1,000 and that they're all followers and it worked and at least I got paid. Which is such a great ending line. I was just like, yes, girl. And then she stumbles out because she is really drunk. Like, yeah. But very. her two friends go and like take care of her. And then Patrick Dempsey is like, oh, that was weird. Right, guys? And everyone's like ignoring him. Big John's even like, get out of my house. Yeah. <laughs> Which I sort of loved. And then as he's leaving, he runs into Iris and she goes, I don't know you. <laughs> I don't know you. Which I thought was bonkers for someone who just did whatever they did in the bathroom together. Yep. He at least touched her butt. Yeah. Oh, we saw that. I think it escalated from there. I'm not saying it's like full on couch Mikey, but like something went down. Yeah. He's not dressed as a penguin. <laughs> he is wearing a tux though, Paige. So maybe it qualifies. <laughs> it's about the same. Yeah. I miss that costume. <laughs> <laughs> we cut back to lunch at school and he is completely abandoned he yeah. is alone um people are throwing food at him and then this is oh i hated this joke one of the female athletes comes up and she is larger and says oh yeah oh you could have had me for 14 for 49.95 which is brutal didn't you take economics i think is what she says yeah. you could yeah, have had me for you take economics you could have had me for 49.95 yeah it's pretty terrible gross we cut to the arcade where he meets up with ken and he tries to apologize to ken and ken is like you shit on my house man and it's like <laughs> i love this scene though and it sort of makes me laugh now just thinking back on it but in the moment i was like yeah he did shit on your house ken fuck him yeah. But I do love that, like, the one relationship he really fights hard to fix is, Ken. is with Ken and with Cindy, too. But, like, that's the one I think he misses the most. And I love that they sort of play it that way because he realizes he had, like, real friendship with Ken. Yeah. And what he had with the other people was more superficial and fake. And had he not shit on Ken's house when every one of his new popular friends disowned him, mm -hmm. Ken would have, I think, been very kind to him and been a friend again and all of that stuff had he not done that. Yeah. Uh, so we cut to he is trying to talk to Cindy. She's avoiding him. He follows her into the bathroom and gives kind of a half-assed apology. And a teacher is also in the bathroom and yeah. drags him out, gives him detention for a month, which he then blames Cindy for later. And I'm like, this, this was all you do. 
it's not Cindy's fault at all. She goes into the bathroom. Right. He waits outside. Three girls leave, and I think he just assumes that it's empty. So he goes in there and talks to the only stall with shoes. And it, it turns right. out to be the teacher because she was standing on the toilet because she's not an right. idiot. But that's not, in no way her fault. She went to the bathroom, and he followed her in there. Yeah, well, and we cut to her at a makeup counter at the mall, and his brother comes up and is like, you nuked my brother. And I'm like, again, not her fault. Yeah. Not her fault. We cut to he's studying. He tries to call her and won't take no for an answer. So he shows up at her house the next day, blaring the lawnmower at 6 a.m. And again, I'm like, this is someone you have wronged and you may have broken that relationship. You don't get to just demand they accept your apology. Yeah. Like you can give it, but that's, you know, they don't have to take it. I feel like this is a very like 80s trope that they did a lot in movies. Like say anything comes to mind, even though that one's way less predatory because he just stands there with a boombox or whatever. Mm -hmm. And this one, he's like evil maniacally driving through her yard with his lawnmower at 6 a.m. You know, like you have to address that or call the police, which Cindy actually runs out there and she's like, I had to stop my mom from calling the police. What do you want? Right. And he like gets her to agree to talk to him later. But even he, he says, I'll come back at 11. And she says, well, I'll be washing my hair and out of the country. Yeah. And he's like, that one is my favorite because he had been trying yeah. to get call on the phone and he'd been getting these excuses. Right. Right. Now we cut back to school where Ken is tutoring. I guess her name is Patty is face paint girl. OK. Uh, in, yeah. in math. And Quentin is going to basically beat him up to make him stop. And this is where Ronnie grabs a bat, almost hits innocent girls at the table um, and basically threatens Quentin and tells him this story of like, hey, I'm going to break your arm if you don't stop because you broke your arm once when you fell out of Ken's treehouse and he carried you 12 blocks to the hospital. Yeah. Like we're all just trying to be ourselves. It's this like she doesn't even go here speech. I liked it. I like this speech and I like that he like diffuses the situation. Ken and Quint shake hands and they sort of apologize or Quint apologizes and he's like, it's all right, man. Ken says that. And then Dr. McDreamy like walks away. And then after he leaves, that's when Big John starts the slow clap because it's on the 80s checklist of these types of movies. No, he was just trying to hide the sound of his fart. <laughs> he was trying to like, so funny. like get the air to circulate more. So yeah. it like, yeah, <laughs> there were no windows. We're outside. <laughs> like, yeah, we cut to Patrick Dempsey mowing the lawn, super sweaty. And Cindy comes out and gives him an envelope. I think this is her paying him back the thousand dollars. I think it's for him cutting the grass. You think so? It doesn't say it doesn't definitively say either way. That would be a wild turn, though. And I honestly would love it. Like, that would be great if she, like, came clean with her mom and told her about everything. And the mom was like, mm-hmm. let's pay him back. We don't see any of that. But that would be yeah, awesome. Yeah, we don't know. And if the movie ends with them looking at the telescope that he then bought with that money, love it. Yeah. Right? But instead, she runs off to get into the car with her friends. She gets in the car and starts to drive away. She makes them stop the car. And one of her friends says, go for it. So it's almost like they're cheering for them to be together, too. Yeah. She hops on the lawnmower. They ride off into the sunset and kiss. Yeah. And that's that's the movie. movie. All right, Paige, before we talk about having seen this movie, having talked about this movie, how we feel about this movie, I would like you to look at our Facebook messenger chat. I'm I'm looking at it right now. Because there's a picture of Mikey in the penguin outfit. That is a wild penguin outfit. I love it. (laughs) Yeah, but having seen this movie, having talked about the movie, what do you guys think about Can't Buy Me Love? I like it better than John Hughes movies. I do think for an 80s teen rom-com, it is 
not awful. It is not great, though. It's still a little racist with the African dance stuff, but there's no long duck dong in there. So I mean, ugh, here's yeah. what I will say. John Hughes movies have problems, 100%. I think they're funnier uh, most of the time. There are some parts of John Hughes movies that I think are slightly better written than this. Yeah. Even though they also have dark, terrible things in them. <laughs> like, it's real bad. Yeah. I guess I came into it with the bar set so low where I was like, oh, this is pretty good. I'm not going to say like it's an end all be all, but I mean, like, I think I enjoyed it more than I thought it could be. I didn't hate it as much as I did when I thought half of it was Valley Girl. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Uh, but I still really don't like the way they treat her in this movie. And I don't know. I probably won't watch it again often. For sure. I definitely won't watch it often, but I will probably revisit this. But just because I remember watching this movie so much on a like recorded off TV VHS mm -hmm. cassette tape that we had. Anyway, are we ready to get into fun facts? Yeah, let's talk some fun yeah, facts. Yeah, hit me with some fun so facts. So hit us with your fun facts. 80s, 80s fun, fun facts. facts. I have to prepare you. Some of these fun facts are going to be sad. Oh, sad facts. I'll, I'll pepper it in, you know. Uh, anyway, so the airplane <laughs> graveyard is real. Uh, and it is located in Tucson. So there you go. Cool. Uh, it's the Davis Monthan Air Force Base or just outside of it. Uh, Patrick Dempsey is actually a car collector and race driver and used all of his pay from this movie to buy his first car, a oh. 1963 Porsche 356 convertible. Wow. Um, yes. Now, Amanda Peterson, who played Cindy in this film, passed away in July of 2015 due to morphine toxicity where mm. she had both morphine and then six times the normal limit of gabapentin in her system. Oh, had she just had surgery or something? Gabapentin's for like... She had not. She, I guess, had had a procedure semi-recently and that was like the last of her gabapentin. The okay. morphine she had not been prescribed. A friend got it for her. Okay. Uh, but also gabapentin is one of those drugs that vets use a lot. Yeah. And so when people rob vets, they almost always steal gabapentin as well. Yeah. So... Uh, we don't know 100% how she got it. But according to her family, she had been through some rough patches with uh, addiction problems uh, after being sexually assaulted around the time this film was made, oh, possibly no. even on set. Fuck, uh, what? Yes, but she had never named her abuser, unfortunately, before the time of her death. Uh, which is very, very sad and unfortunate. Um, that sucks. She said it was a 27-year-old. Yeah, it, I don't think... It was Patrick Dempsey. Well, he was 20 well, at the time. He was 20. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was 20. Because she did not name them, we don't know who it was, unfortunately. So that that is super sad. Uh, her family thinks that that contributed to some of the, the struggles that she'd had later on. However, they had said that immediately prior to her death, she had been doing well, but she had been in pain from a surgery. Okay. And she they think that she was self-medicating. Yeah. Because of that surgery. It was very, very sad. A lot of times, uh, and I know that's from not personal, personal experience, but a friend of mine was a heavy drug user and then got clean and then mm -hmm. had a relapse. And that's what killed him because he had yeah. built up this tolerance to yeah. something. Mm -hmm. That's what killed Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah. Yeah. And then he relapsed and he did what he normally would do when he had built up right. that tolerance, but it was too much for his body to handle and he just didn't make it through it. Yeah. Well, and part of the reason that there might not have been as much oversight on the set of this film is because it was done non-union. No shit. Okay. Yes. And the Screen Actors Guild was very upset about it. And they actually sent representatives to the set to try and talk people out of working on the movie. And okay. no one did it except for... So they filmed at a high school in Tucson. And uh, they had 
actual high school students as extras. And all of the high school students were like, we don't care, Screen Actors Guild, except for the drama club at the high school who chose not to participate. Good for them. Yeah. Um, now, the scene in which Cindy and Ronald jump the perimeter wall and explore the airplane boneyard is actually shot at Bob's Air Park, which is an aircraft recycler just outside the actual boneyard, which has since been sold. Okay. So... There is a boneyard. It does exist. But for the movie, they had to create something next to it that they could actually walk through. Um, at one point in the movie, Quint talks to a new girl who's just transferred in from school uh, because someone says he's an expert on fine wine. It's an in-joke in the movie because the wine he spills on Cindy's suede outfit is Ripple, a cheap dessert wine. <laughs> awesome. I yeah. love dessert wine. <laughs> to the surprise of no one. It was just like one day I was like kind of drunk at a steakhouse. <laughs> why do i picture that as like your every day yeah. <laughs> i really missed out i really think i would have made like a good like tycoon back in like the gilded age <laughs> yeah you definitely have robber baron vibes yeah right like 100 percent. but they're like would you like some port with your dessert and i was like what i yeah and it was so good and like <laughs> that's when it started <laughs> Oh, Mikey, this is not an AA meeting. <laughs> so back to fun facts. In the car, when he's about to see Boob, uh, when they get into the car, Dance All Days is playing and it fades out to a song called French Kissin', which was actually written by Chuck Lorre, who would go really? on to create a series of successful sitcoms yeah. on the back of hardworking writers. And yeah. so fun fact, I guess he wrote, a, air quotes, wrote a song as well. I wonder if he wrote it or if he got someone else to write it for him and just took credit for it. And then he took it. the credit for yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. That's what he do. Oh, yeah. So Iris has scenes with all of the popular guys. At the first party, she's hooking up with Big John. Then with Ricky, who I guess is the other jock guy's name, at the school yeah. dance. And then with Ronnie at the New Year's Eve party, the only person she doesn't hook up with is Quentin. But I think it's just that they couldn't afford more featured extras. I think you're right. I yeah. think it, I think that's why. Anyway, the final scene of them riding away on the mower is shot for shot recreated in Easy A. Like, oh, is it? As if, yes. Oh, really? Yeah, Wild. because okay. he, he mows lawns in Easy A. It's like a whole thing. I got to see that movie. Oh, Easy A is so fucking good. When Ronald asks Cindy if her new boyfriend's name is Biff, she responds with, his name happens to be Brent. And he says, what's the difference? Not much because Brent's license plate on his Porsche reads BYF 630. What? Yes. There is a remake of this movie prior to Easy A, which is more of like a spiritual remake, I guess, if you want to think of it that way, because it's not a direct remake. Right. Uh, but a remake called Love Don't Cost a Thing starring Nick Cannon and Christina Milian was released in 2003, which we'll have to do that eventually, probably. Absolutely. I've never seen it. I've never seen it either. I haven't either, actually. Now, at the end, during that speech that he gives to defend Kenneth, where, you know, Quint and Kenneth, wait a second, hold on. I just realized because I had it in my notes who played Quint and why he looks familiar because I have met him in real life. Oh, really? <laughs> hold on, I'm so sorry. What the fuck? Uh, Quint was played by Court McCown, who's a uh, comic. He's a comedian. He judged the first roast battle I ever did. No I've shit. I've met him on numerous occasions. Yeah. Wild. He, he was also in Teen Wolf, Paige. Yes. Yeah. He was one of the team members on Teen Wolf. That's where I recognized him. But I don't oh, think man. I'd recognize him now. Like, I'd recognize him, like, his teenage version of himself. Now knowing it, I, I totally see it. Anyway, so during that speech, when Kenneth and, and Quint are going to shake hands, in the background, as everyone starts to clap because it's like, 
hooray for tolerating everyone. Yeah. Uh, Kenneth is seen putting his hands in his pocket to walk away, walk away. And if you watch in the background to the right, there's an extra wearing a black T-shirt that sucker punches another extra wearing a pink shirt and black sunglasses. <gasps> what? <laughs> yes. It happens at the one hour and 28 minute mark of the film. Okay. So like everyone's like, hooray, no one's going to fight anymore. And then in the background, you can see somebody just like punch one extra punch, another. extra. What's the story? Was that planned? Yeah. Tell me everything. It wasn't planned. It's just extras punching each other. And those are your fun facts. Well, thank you for those fun and some sad facts, Paige. Mm -hmm. But let's talk to box office. So it debuted in theaters on August 14th, 1987. And it was number three in the theaters that weekend. It was beat by Stakeout, The Living Daylights. Can't Buy Me Love was number three, as I said. No Way Out was number four, and La Bamba was number five. God. Uh, La Bamba. The oh, 80s no. and 90s were peak humanity. Humanity? That's a tall accusation, I think. Yeah, I no, I wouldn't say that. Yeah, I'm going to go and wholeheartedly disagree with you, but when would you think peak humanity was? I don't think humanity is at a peak. I don't think we're ever going to be able to reach it. Anyway, what do you think <laughs> it made in its opening weekend? I think we've been on a downward slide since Remember Me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> 9-11 was hard for us all, Mikey. Yeah, Pierce Brosnan hurt all of us. That bastard. What do you guys think it made its opening weekend? And again, that weekend was August 14th, 1987. $3 million. Okay. I'm going to say $2 million. All right. So it actually made, in its opening weekend, $4.7 million. And if you adjust for inflation, mm. that's around $11.8 million. It's nice. next weekend out, it was also third and also brought in right at $4 million. So it did really well it. in its second weekend, too. And then it started to fall off the charts a little bit. But it was in the theaters for a full two months. So twice as long as he dated Cindy for the initial uh, uh, rental uh. period, if you will. How much mm. do you think it made total in the box office? In 1987. 21 million? What do you think, Paige? I'm going to go 18. It actually made $31.6 million. Ooh, damn. Yeah, so it made a lot of money. If you adjust that for inflation, that is 78, almost $79 million today. So it did really well. Again, I don't have the budget, so I don't know how much it cost to make, but I'm sure it was not anywhere close to $31 million. Yeah. But that is your box office. So do you think they're still together? No. Absolutely not. No. Well, I mean, maybe. A lot of high school sweethearts got together back then. I think they're divorced, but I think maybe, <laughs> maybe they had married and got have a couple kids. I mean, yeah, maybe. Maybe his lawn mowing business picked up. And that's yeah. why I don't like... That's why I don't like movies that end right where they get back together. The conflict should be in the middle or right after, and then the, the resolution should be a little bit of time. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get that. But I don't think they're still together. Paige, do you think they're still together? No, I don't. Yeah. I don't think they're still together. I do think he and that telescope are still together. Though. Oh, he and yeah. his hand are probably still together. That is like his most prized possession. They broke up when he moved to the moon to work. <laughs> she was like, I can do long distance anywhere on the earth. And he was like, I got to find a job in space. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, Mars ain't the place to raise your kids. In fact, it's cold <laughs> as hell. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> I'm so proud of you right now, Paige. All right. Thank you. So this week, I made you guys watch Can't Buy Me Love, and you're welcome. What are you, Paige? No. No, what are you, Mikey, making us watch next week? I'm glad you both asked. Oh, no. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm worried. Since Paige made me watch a movie about a ghost. <laughs> yeah, I did. I thought I would return the favor and watch... <gasps> ghost? No. Oh. That would be 
better than this film. <laughs> <laughs> we will watch a Mark Ruffalo, Reese Witherspoon romantic <gasps> comedy. Oh, just like heaven. Oh, my God. No joke. Natalie was talking to me about this movie. I think it just got streaming somewhere. And she was it, like, it must you have guys should come do on, it's on Netflix, Netflix now. Like two different people have messaged me about it. I saw it in theaters. What? <laughs> okay. Okay. Mikey. Was Sean's couch there or did no one get pregnant? <laughs> I wish someone got pregnant on Sean's couch. I would be happier. Oh, well, that made the joke sad. Yeah. Now he's got nothing to carry on his feet. <laughs> So your homework for next week is to find Sean's couch, invite Mikey over, and watch <laughs> Just Like Heaven. Have you ever spent seven minutes far from heaven? <laughs> yeah, I think all the time you spent on Sean's couch counts. Yeah. All right, Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? Oh, no, I forgot. Well, while you look up the review, let me tell them how they can have their review read on the podcast, and that is to leave us a five-star text review, and we'll have Mikey read it for you. So, Mikey, whose review you going to read this week? You talk slower. Whose reviews <laughs> are you gonna do this uh, week? Okay. You got it? Yes. So, Mikey, uh, hit me with your review. Five star review. review. JBG1986 says, All right. This is, a su- this is a suggestion review. Oh, okay. The title of the review is, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh, I do love Ferris Bueller. Is that a rom-com, though? Not no. really, no. It's a buddy. It's, it's like a buddy rom-com, like a buddy com, you know? Yeah. For the love of all things amazing, please review this movie. Do it and have <laughs> Mikey talk like the Crypt Keeper the whole time. Oh, yeah. I mean, that is your best impression, Mikey. That's going to fucking thrash your throat. I've been known to thrash a throat or two. Oh, no, Mikey. <laughs> oh, my God. Just like in Roadhouse, he's just <laughs> oh snatching God. tracheas. I'm sorry. I haven't been able to make jokes. Like I've been trying to be more professional in like every aspect of my life. How's that except going for, for you? this one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, except for this one. Well, JBG1986, thank you so much for that awesome five-star review. And if you want to have Mikey read your five-star review, leave us a five-star review. Yeah, let's see how many reviews we got. Hold on a second. 314. I was just looking at it. Well, that's not many. So you guys got to get on there and review it. There's like <laughs> way more people in the Facebook group. Oh, yeah. We have like seven times that amount in the Facebook group. Yeah. Maths. The horror version is literally 10 away from 1,000. I can't believe it. It's wild. So, um, yeah, guys, if you like this power thruple that we have here on this podcast, make sure to check out our other podcast, The Horror Virgin, and that is the only other podcast that Mikey and I are on, but Paige gets around, and she is on two other podcasts, Black Card Rehab and Cult Podcast. So, guys, definitely check out those because they're amazing. If you want to follow us on social, we are at Romancing the Pod Show. Yes. On yes. Instagram. And we are at something else on Twitter who I just have never taken the time to learn. It's, it. it's just romancing pod show because they have a character oh. limit and it's show SHO like showtime. So guys, check that out as well. And if you want to follow us all individually, pages at Rampage Wesley everywhere, including TikTok. Except for Twitter, where she is at Paige Wesley. Mikey is at M Randolph 24, and I am at Todd J Awesome everywhere. And guys, we got a P.O. box. So if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a P.O. box, it's actually not a P.O. box. It's like a regular street address. It's pretty awesome. It's 6688 Nolensville Road, number 108-34, Brentwood, Tennessee, 37027. So send us some stuff. Yeah. Thank you for two. Nope. <laughs> Are we just starting? Hang on. Welcome back. Hang on. 
Did we just start the podcast? Holy shit. This is fresh. The credits are 30 minutes in. <laughs> Welcome to Romancing the Pod, where we're going to talk about couches, fucking, loving, and chickens. And Paige and I will also talk to my favorite band, 211. 211? That's my favorite cover band. They're not quite as good as 311. Uh... <laughs> Amber is the color of a thing I like. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Okay. Okay. Stick with me. Would you guys listen to a cover band that does like shitty versions of yes. that? Like, like exactly what Paige is talking about. Like what you just said is, would you go see Weird Al in concert? And yes, I have. And I will again. Like, like Chili Play, which would just be like, oh, <laughs> the stars. They're so. Look know. out the stars. Bring me some chili. It's all mellow. I still, I still really like amber is the color of a thing I like. Yeah, that's really great. So stupid. That's gonna be it for us this week. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey, and I'm Todd. And you complete us to completion. Yeah, but at least your ride isn't a thousand dollars or whatever. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Mikey's telling jokes about a thing I hate. <laughs> Bye. Lawnmower nerds! Yeah.